Welcome to the Unsophisticated Palette, a podcast about all things wine, beer, and spirits. Each week, join us on our journey as we drink and delve into different alcohol-related topics. I'm Mark. I'm Erin. Cheers. Cheers. All right, and welcome back, Erin. Thank you. Uh, we're having Aaron back for a second time here, and we are going to be talking about craft breweries. Uh, well, craft beers, craft breweries, all things craft beer, and tying to that, microbreweries. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's something that's very oft talked about these days. Um, and so I wanted to understand a little bit more what does it really mean? And is it legit, right? Or is it just something you're sticking on a label <laughs> and making it sound fancy? So, yeah. and today, now we'll start off, we're doing something a little different because we're going to be drinking three different beers today. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about them a little bit. So the first one we're drinking is, is this? Brother Thelonious. It is a Belgian style Abbey Ale mm. and it comes from the North Coast Brewery, which is out of Fort Bragg. Yes, Fort Bragg. I got family in the area there. Um, and this is a very, very good beer, I got to say. And I thought it was kind of cool too because it came with like it was like corked almost like a like a champagne bottle almost, mm-hmm. which is really nice. Um, so, and what's really cool about Brother Thelonious, the the North Coast Brewery, is um, they give a portion of every bottle sold to the Jazz Education Fund. Nice. So w- I love me some jazz. Great way to give back to the community. I like that. I like that a lot. Okay, and 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 it's got a really cool label. The dudes like looks jazzy on on the label. They they're having a good time. So. Um, I like that, but so they are a craft brew, um, and so we are drinking it. We'll drink a couple others. We'll introduce them as we we crack them open in a little bit here. Um, but first, wanted to talk a little bit about kind of what is a craft beer, um, and really talk about a craft beer. We got to talk about a another term which people may hear and used to be a lot more popular um, mm-hmm. back in the nineties. At least in America in the 90s, the, it actually started in the UK in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I'm talking about is uh, microbreweries. So um, now people, let's let's just pause here real quick because I'm talking 1970s, 1990s. These are, you know, movements. These are when it became kind of popular-ish, if you will. But we're not saying that people have not been brewing beer in small breweries since like Pretty much ever since mm-hmm. <laughs> beer was invented, right? Mm-hmm. Um, matter of fact, that that for a long time was the more traditional and only way to get it, right? Um, but microbreweries and a lot of these we're talking about in in more um, modern contemporary definitions. So um, really, what a microbrewery brewery brewery was is uh, a brewery that produces less than fifteen thousand barrels of beer per year. And at least 75% or more of that beer is sold off-site. So mm-hmm. they can sell some there, but the majority of it is not sold there. Mm-hmm. And 15,000 barrels isn't uh, doesn't sound like a whole lot, and it's really not. Um, it, um, and But the challenge with a microbrewery or calling it a microbrewery or it being a microbrewery is that... Um, the laws change state to state. I mean, a microbrewery is a legally defined word, right? And that changes. Like, for example, um, the Missouri liquor control law says a microbrewery is 10,000 barrels or less. Um, some places it's 15, some it's 12. So because it's a legal name, and if you want to try and sell yourself, sell your 
wares, if you will, your beers um, in multiple places, then in here you're a microbrewery, there you're not, right? And that becomes a problem. The other challenge is a lot of microbreweries grew super quickly. We've all heard of our Sam Adams. We've all heard of our Sierra Nevada. Um, and they got popular fast, right? Mm -hmm. And so to they very quickly got over 15,000 barrels. But they're still not anywhere near the level of you know, your Budweiser, your Miller, anything like that. Mm -hmm. And so now they can't legally define themselves as such um, a microbrewery, but they're still far from any kind of a large production type facility. And so because of that, uh, they needed a new, you know, we needed a new way to refer to um, a brewery that was putting out, you know, beers that, you know, on a smaller scale. Mm-hmm. That, that didn't uh, that wasn't tied to that legal definition, right? And thus we have craft breweries, craft brewers, craft breweries. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about what those are. Yeah. So different from a well, um, a, going from the definition of a microbrew, which is limited to fifteen thousand barrels, a craft brewery is limited to six million barrels a year. And so there's a lot more. Um, a lot more that you can do with that. Um, you can sell out of state as well. And a lot of breweries sell within their same kind of um, coastal area. A lot of California craft breweries sell as far as Nevada, maybe Utah, if they're buying in Utah, which they probably often aren't. <laughs> um, well, and, and that's the challenge, I think, with some of the craft brews to a, 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 a challenge, if you will, in that if you find a good craft brew, maybe while you're traveling or something, um, or on vacation, or if again you're local and then you move or whatever, you're not going to find it someplace else usually. Yeah. So, um, but with a craft brewery, it's still relatively small. Um, if you think about the Miller and Coors um, and the the Anheuser Bushes of the world. Those companies control 80% of the beer market. So the craft breweries and the microbreweries are your the remaining 20%. Yeah. Um, so there, there are a ton of them within the U.S. Um, there are about 6,000 craft breweries in the U.S. alone. 900 of them in California. Wow. We have the highest number... Um, within the United States. And when you think about um, award-winning craft breweries, we have the highest number of award-winning craft breweries. So it pays to be in California, yeah. <laughs> apparently. And it's really cool because you have um, most of the population in California is within 10 miles of a craft brewery Actually, on average. I saw that 80% 80 of adults of legal drinking age, and this is yeah. anywhere, mm -hmm. okay, not just California, live within 10 miles of a brewery. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. And I actually, I'm like, that can't be right. And then I started thinking about it. I'm like, no, there's a brewery there. No, there's a brewery there. No, there's a brewery there. There's, and you may or may not know about it, but again, there's these small craft breweries that mm -hmm. are just producing beer everywhere. So there's one nearby you. Do there's, a search. There's one about three quarters of a mile from my house. So oh. we, we could stumble over there after we're done. Nice. <laughs> See, I, again, it's like, you may not think you're near one, but you probably are. And you should probably go check them out. <laughs> Yeah, and craft breweries, um, the official website, they do have a list to find um, your craft brewery within your um, zip code. So look up there. And they, they have the independent recognized craft breweries who are registered with them because, of, of, of course, it is a legal term. It is a... It is an association of brewers that, um, in essence, protect each other um, for the definition of craft brewery. Yeah. 
Well, and I was just say so to for what I found to be fit their legal definition, mm-hmm. um, if you will, you have to be. Um, oh, oh, and oh, just real quick to another thing is that um, ninety eight. You you mentioned this that eighty percent of the beer is made by the big companies that Anheuser, we know. Anheuser Busch, Miller, Coors, etc. Yeah. That said, ninety eight percent of all breweries are craft breweries. So you've mm-hmm. got that. Two percent is producing eighty percent of the beer, mm-hmm. which is, you know, again we talked about that much smaller scale, mm-hmm. and that's what these craft breweries are doing. They're producing beer on a, on a much smaller scale, which can, I mean, the hope is, and in most cases, I think the case is you're getting a little bit higher quality. They're putting a little bit more care, a little bit more love into that beer, um, and you're you're going to notice a difference in the flavor. Well, and a lot of times also with the craft breweries, they have a narrative which people nowadays, especially millennials, will buy into a narrative about um, about the company, about the people who own them. Um, I mean, think about Brother Thelonious. I'm interested in them because the label looks cool, but also because they give back to a specific jazz foundation. Yeah. And and that they're invested in um, the success of their community. And that's quite common with a lot of the different craft breweries is that they have something that makes them niche. That's very true, very true. Like, I think we're about to open the Boont Amber Ale. Yes, and Anderson Valley. Anderson Valley, and what's unique, again, every a lot of these have their own little thing, and this one is, they are, what is that, they're solar powered? Solar powered. So it's a solar powered brewery, and again, that's not something you're gonna be able to see. Hear that sound, that's such a beautiful sound, the opening of a bottle, <laughs> I love that. Um, Anyway, um, so I'm sorry, I got distracted in there. <laughs> um, and and so so again, they're giving to the community. They're they're doing those extra touches. They're local, um, and that's something to be um, said. So we're we're pouring a little bit here. We're gonna pour a little bit here, and then um, oh, and while we're doing that, we kind of we talked about um, to be uh, the Brewers Association, which mm-hmm. is the official one, and they have named or labeled or claimed. Um, you know, that, that really to be that association, mm-hmm. um, of, um, craft brewers. So if you, that's who you generally tend to sign up for and they, they've kind of determined their definition is that it is, you need to be small. So we talked about that. Um, annual production is less than 6 million barrels and 6 million barrels may sound like a lot of beer, <laughs> I mean, but that's actually less than 3% of the entire market. Um, your Budweiser is producing like 16 plus million barrels a year. Uh, Guinness produces 51 million barrels a year. Yeah, yeah. Guinness produces 51 million. That's right. So from our St. Patty's Day episode. So um, you're, we're looking at a, a lot of, you know, <laughs> a lot versus little. And most craft brewers are producing 2 million or less. And many of them are, are less than a million. I mean, we're, we're not talking about large volumes. So they're small. That's mm-hmm. number one. Um, and I know we're gonna talk a little bit more about this later, but number two, they're independent. Yeah, and so the many of the craft brewers belong to this craft brewers brewers association, and some of the some of the breweries, if they have room on their labels, will include the logo of the brewers association, which is an upside down beer bottle which says "Independent Craft" on it. Yes, and that's how you know that they're, I guess. 
Well, no, they, they would have to be, they're certified by this association. That Correct. doesn't mean if you don't have it, you're not. But if you have it on there, you are part of the association and they have verified that you meet the small independent which means that independent means less than 25 percent of your brewery is owned or controlled by an alcoholic beverage industry member who is not themselves a craft brewer so that does mean budweiser and budweiser has bought out several or i say budweiser just because it's easy one miller Coors, you name it they have bought out several craft breweries and there's some um debate amongst that is it still then a craft brewery if they maybe keep doing things the same um you know i mean technically nothing has changed but ownership but is it then a craft brewer now according to of course to the brewers association no because it is now owned by uh, a beverage industry member that's not a craft brewer so they could go in and buy 24 percent um and then um that would be able to still be a craft brewery. Yeah, and this um, mainly pertains to some well-known um, beers like Blue Moon and Shock Top. Blue Moon is owned mm. by Coors. Yep. Uh, Shock Top is owned by, um, oh gosh, uh, Anheuser-Busch, I believe? I think it's Anheuser-Busch, yes. Um, and they also... Um, they also run uh, Goose Island, um, which is lesser known on the West Coast. Um, but it's really to combat the idea that these bigger companies are buying up these craft brewers or originally craft brewers and then overtaking their production to send it out to our mass audience. But really the idea of craft breweries is to protect the independent label, to protect the conglomerates coming in and overrunning the market and pushing them out. Yeah. And so it's it's to really appreciate the um, the 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 craft. Yeah, and I think there's there's good and bad on both sides, as with everything, right? Sure. I mean, you definitely there's the strength of the craft breweries, but again, if if say one of these big, we'll just call them a big macro brewery, is actually what they're referred to. One of these macro breweries comes in and acquires a craft brewery, um, and then doesn't change anything but produces it on a larger scale and makes it more available to people so you're still getting this good quality beer but now you can get it anywhere that's not a bad thing right um but that said too um we definitely want to uh defend and promote the craft brewer because they're the ones spending the time they're they're putting the care in there they're into the communities mm -hmm. um and everything else so it, it's it's a it's a delicate line to walk <laughs> for sure um but so that so so we said small we said independent, and the last thing you need to do to get this official stamp um, from the Brewers Association and be a member is you must be traditional. Um, so they call it small, independent, and traditional. And traditional, it means your brewer has either an all malt um, uh, flagship, meaning all malt in your beer, or at least 50% of your volume is in malt beer or beers with use adjuncts to enhance rather than lighten flavor now there's a lot in there but basically um what it really comes down to is most craft beer mm -hmm. is brewed using only water malted barley hops and yeast and pretty much in that order pretty simple recipe um yeah and then depending on the beer you might use wheat or rye you might put a little fruit or something else in there to enhance it but mm -hmm. you're you're really working with those core ingredients mm -hmm. and making a quality beer out of them and that's really what that traditional is talking about yeah and um the craft brewers association recognizes 150 different variations 
of um, types of beers. And within that, a lot of the craft breweries, what, what gives them the name craft is that they experiment with the type of variation. So the, um, the Brother Thelonious, this is a Belgian style Abbey Ale. It's made in the style of an Abbey Ale, but it is, it, it would be quite different than um, maybe someone else's. And then if we look at the Amber Ale, the Bunt Amber Ale, this is also within the same family of an Amber Ale, but they have different tweaks and recipes that give it the characteristic that it's familiar to Anderson Valley itself. Yeah, yeah. And and, and that's the beauty of it is they get that they get a lot of that creative freedom, um, you know, and, and that allows them to kind of make some of these more quality kind of, uh, kind of beers, um, something you're not going to be able to get at, at a you know any of the macro breweries yeah and this is really shown more recently people have been interested in um ipas and big I, ipa influx these days yeah and i'm looking at a, a deschutes brewery from bend oregon a freshly squeezed ipa right now and this is a, a grapefruit citrus ipa so this will be exciting to drink later as well yes so there's there's all sorts of great fun exciting things happening um and uh, so but a couple other things to talk about. We talked about microbreweries and craft beers, but we also have a couple other fun terms I want to talk about. One would be a brew pub. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically a brew pub is a restaurant and brewery together that sells 25% or more of its beer on site. So it would not be, could not be a microbrewery because they have to sell 75% or more off site. Mm-hmm. Um, generally, a lot of times this is a, a brewery or a craft brewer that in order to you know gain some market share right and and bring people in and encourage people to come in and try their beer because they don't have these huge marketing budgets they don't have all these other things so they're they're actually and and honestly it's a, it's a little bit more braver i think mm-hmm. in many ways because not only am i going to produce my beer but i'm going to be a restaurant or serve a menu mm-hmm. um but there's so many of those out there and there's some great ones out oh, there. Oh yeah. yeah. Rock Bottom and Campbell is an excellent example. I mean, they have fantastic beers. Um, uh, the the Raccoon Red that they have is really good. Yes, I've had that. It's delicious. <laughs> so mm-hmm. so yeah, so if you're there and 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 uh, and again, you'll a lot of, I've found one of these in in almost every town I'm in. There's a generally a local brew pub would be the official term but it's a brewery that's also serving meals so those are great places if you're traveling if you're on vacation whatever um, go in and visit them because again you're going to be able to experience something you're not experiencing elsewhere and a lot of the bigger craft breweries as well are starting to also branch into restaurants if you go down to firestone um near santa barbara um they have a restaurant um, where you can sample their different beers while you're eating your meal, and, and that place is fantastic. Gordon Biersch also has a restaurant. Yeah. Um, there's there's plenty of... Well, up in Portland, Deschutes, um, mm-hmm. they have one. Uh, there's 10 Barrels Brewing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the things I love to do there, um, and, and actually I love to do this, any of these breweries that, you, that are brew pubs especially, but you go in and you can get the flights of beer. And, yes. and I really enjoy it because it gives you a chance to really explore everything that they're doing mm-hmm. the upside is you get to try them all uh, the downside is you find the one or two you like but by the time you're done with some of those flights like i had one at, at 10 barrels and i want to say there was 10 or 12 now they were small but at two to three ounces either t- even 10 to 12 of those you know you're not quite ready for a, a full mug of whatever it is you've you've found you like the best but then next time you go you now know what to order so mm-hmm. So those are those are a lot of fun. They have them everywhere. I, I highly recommend you explore them. 
And then also want to talk a little bit about, or at least mention, the Nano Brewery. Oh my. Yes, because a microbrewery is not small enough. We need a nano brewery. <laughs> um, but really what that is, and, and these are um, just a smaller microbrewery, really. And again, it's a more of a legal. Actually, no, this one is not a legal term. There's really no set amount of beer, but it's generally accepted that it's somewhere between three barrels um, and 2,000 barrels. So oh, wow. Yeah, so we're talking a very, very small scale. I mean, if you're producing three barrels of beer... Um, you you've earned the name nano brewery. <laughs> yeah, so it sounds like it's much more your home brewers who have connection to maybe distribute a little bit. To at least a little bit. And I think it's kind of it, it it's a stepping stone. So you start it with your home brewing, then you become your nano brewery, then you become your microbrewery, then you become your craft brewery, and then maybe one day you become a macro brewery. I don't know. Um, or maybe you're just happy being a craft brewery yeah. um, and, and there's a lot of room to grow in there. I mean, again, 6 million barrels, that's, that's a lot of beer to be producing. So, um, but we've talked a little bit, a lot about that. Um, is there anything else in the, in the, the laws or, or I think you had some things on the growth yeah. and so, so yeah, let's go into that. So in California specifically where a lot of the craft brewers um, are home to, um, talking about the, a little bit of the history of how craft beer got started. Um, the first real craft brewery in California was started by Fritz Maytag in 1965. It was Anchor Brewing Company. Um, and they are out of San Francisco. And um, so then after that, you have Ken Grossman, um, who opened Sierra Nevada up in up near Chico. That was in 1980. And so um, you have just kind of one and then another and then um, by the 1990s, you only had about eight craft breweries in California itself. Um, in 1982, you, uh, brew pubs themselves were legalized, which which only meant that you could serve beer and food together, which yeah. before that, oddly enough, they weren't legalized. Um, well, yeah. And, and again, just real quick, I mean, we've talked about it. People have been doing this for years and years yeah. and years. But we're talking about it, it's just becoming legal and a thing in the 1980s and beyond. So, mm -hmm. and again, in England or the UK, um, 1970s and beyond. So this is a relatively young phenomenon. Many of us grew up with it, but that it's the fact that we grew up with it is kind of cool because it, it was brand new then and we just maybe didn't know. Yeah, and I think something that really catapulted the um the number the sheer number of production of these craft breweries is the 2013 growler bill and mm. so this allowed breweries to fill growlers for patrons to take off-site and enjoy at home and so this i mean this is i have growlers from four different breweries nice <laughs> and, and for those who don't know a growler is, is like this it's pretty much what like a jug, jug of, <laughs> it's a jug of beer jug of um, beer and there's a put you can it's not a firm seal, but it's a pretty good seal to keep yeah. the carbonation in there, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah and, and they come in different sizes. You've got 32 ounce, you've got 64 ounce, and I think those are two of the general sizes. And and some different breweries have membership clubs where you can kind of sign up and get a discount on your growler. But the pricing of growlers is actually quite convenient, right? It's much cheaper than buying um, a, uh, a case of beer. Mm -hmm. um, Definitely. And... But with a growler, you do have to enjoy it quite quickly because the carbonation does not last. Even though there is that tight seal on it, the carbonation will not last probably past five to seven days. Darn, I have to drink my beer fast. Yes. If you like <laughs> it, probably drink it today and tomorrow quite quickly. Yes. <laughs> 
Um, and so then by 2017, we have 900 breweries operating across the state of California, which brings in $7.3 billion to the California economy. Wow. That's huge. That is very huge. Yeah. And that, I mean, California, the fifth largest economy in the world, that's only a small chunk of what California does. Yeah, but we're still in the billions of dollars. And billions sure. of dollars is... Billions. That's that's significant. Now you're getting attention. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, while you're cracking open our next one here, oh, yeah. um, we're going to have a Gordon Biersch uh, cliffhanger. Marzen? Marzen. Marzen. Okay. Marzen. I know it's got the, the two dots over the A, and then I always don't know how to pronounce it because they... <laughs> put a dot or symbol on there and I don't know what that means. Yeah, so Gordon Biersch is a San Jose brewery, but they brew in um, German style beers. So Marzen is um, in the style of a, uh, it's a German beer. Um, and this is actually a cliffhanger Marzen. I don't know why it would be a cliffhanger Marzen and the label doesn't say why either. That's why it's leaving you wondering. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm familiar with just a regular Marzen. Um, yeah, it may just be their kind of name for it. And and Gordon Biersch is another one that has a brew pub as well. Yes. Um, you can go in there and order his food as well. Um, but anyway, so while we're doing that, a lot of this really, as we kind of talked about, a lot of the things here it become laws and, and definitions and, and it has to fit this. And the main reason for that in so many things that's, that I think we keep coming back to this uh, in, in various episodes is it all has to do with taxes right (laughs) and so um and that's why so um if you're a smaller if you're a brew pub or if you're a a craft brewery or if you're a microbrewery if you're a nanobrewery all of that determines at what rate you get taxed and so that's why it's important to the government anyway Mm -hmm. um as far as what you are and what these definitions mean to the rest of us um i think it's more important just to know that this is a smaller brewery producing again this these these smaller recipes um and and small volume of barrels so that we can hopefully enjoy it but um i'm sorry did you have i i got caught up into that and and pouring more beer did did you have anything beyond the growlers that we we need to kind of cover yeah so if you are a fan of craft breweries um i uh I know of two um, brew festivals in the Bay Area specifically coming up in the next two months. So first is April 6th, Saturday, April 6th. It's the 20th annual Battle of the Brews, and that happens in Santa Rosa. Nice. And that is um, a lot of the the breweries in the Santa Rosa wine country area, which is they're starting to have a lot more uh, breweries there as well. Um, Most famously, the Russian River Brewery, which does Pliny the Elder and every February, Pliny the Younger. Nice. Um, And so you'll have a, a lot of breweries there that will come for a competition and win awards. Uh, then in May, you have uh, May 11th, the Livermore Beer Festival. Mm-hmm. And that also is a, it's a collection of just appreciating different beers. And then probably the most famous beer festival of all, beer festival of all is... Say the, that five times fast, right? <laughs> especially after enjoying this beer. Uh, the Great American Beer Festival takes place every year, the first weekend of October in Denver. Denver. Okay. So probably want to get there a few days early, get used to the elevation because drinking beer at elevation does affect differently. (laughs) It it will. The alcohol will hit you faster. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So the Great American Beer Fest is uh, not only a celebration of 
800 different craft breweries within wow. the, within um, the United States as well as the world, but there's 4,000 different beers celebrated there. There's no way you're tasting all of those no. and surviving. No. <laughs> but the nice thing is you get to taste them. And, and you know, this was a couple that were local to the, the um, San Francisco Bay Area mm-hmm. um, and then, of course, the one in Denver. But there are brew fests or beer fests everywhere um and i highly recommend check them out because i've gotten to enjoy a few now i went to the Winterfest in portland mm-hmm. um uh over in december and then actually just very recently i was at uh she brew um oh. in portland as well um and that was all female craft brewers how cool um and that was amazing and and so it's a chance for them to really kind of uh display their skills and amazing talent and and i enjoyed some fabulous beers um but again, it doesn't matter where you are. They're fun. Um, they're a chance to go up and you just kind of taste several different things. The oyster stouts, if you want to give one of those a chance. That's a throwback to our, our older episode. Um, if uh, you want to try, again, you want to try some some ales, some um, stouts, some porters. I mean, whatever it is, they've got them all there. Ciders, usually. Um, and so you can kind of try a lot of different beers in one area. Um, and also, I highly recommend, too, because a lot of these are fundraisers of some sort and or giving money back to a cause or a community really again that's one of the nice things that a lot of these craft beers are about mm-hmm. um so if you ever get a chance i highly recommend volunteer at one um mm-hmm. yeah, yeah two things a it's a lot of fun because i did that at the shebrew as you're sitting there and you're just pouring beers for people and that's just a lot of fun you get to meet a lot of people and and you get to kind of be play bartender for a day mm-hmm. if you will um, but the other nice thing is a lot of these, if you volunteer, then you get a free pass to kind of go in. And so it's like you can volunteer one day and then go in the next day and imbibe. So um, find your local brew, brew beer fest. I always want to come up brew fest, but mm-hmm. beer fest, whatever it may be. Um, and definitely go and enjoy and, and also try to volunteer and get back, especially if it's one that, I don't know, it's doing something good for a good cause, right? Sure. <laughs> definitely. Well, do you have anything or, or are we feeling good? I think I'm, yeah, I think those are all my notes. I think we're feeling good then. All right. Well, so definitely, and this is this has all been great beers today, by the way. Yeah, so, they've been really good. Which one has been your favorite? You know what? I think I would agree, I think, with you, because you told me, because you've got experience in all of these, mm-hmm. um, that the Brother Thelonious would definitely be my number one. Um, yeah. Actually, I think we've kind of drank them in order. Uh, I'd say the Brother Thelonious followed by the Boont. Followed by the uh, cliffhanger. Yeah, um, Brother Thelonious is a definite favorite. It always has been. I will be looking for some more of that, and I've got family in the area there, so I'm going to be looking to family to hook me up. Oh, cool! <laughs> so maybe even go by and taste their other beers as well. Actually, that is the nice thing is they are very close, so I can pop over there, and and I think I will be visiting. Um, Hopefully they have some place. Uh, most most breweries actually also have a place you can go in and taste. Um, even again, if they're and buy, even if it's not a brew pub and there's food and everything else, mm-hmm. they're still gonna you can be able to go and explore. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will be doing that. Cool. But anyway, <laughs> I digress. Um, if you kind of uh, have ideas for future topics, you want to reach out and contact us. You have anything to share? Uh, website is theunsophisticatedpalette.com. Please go there. Um, definitely, uh, if you like spending time with us today, uh, subscribe to the podcast, get the episode every week, um, and please go in and take a few minutes to rate us, give us all the stars, um, that helps other people find us and, and makes us look good and warm fuzzies, um, that don't come from the beer. (laughs) Um, and until next time, 
drink responsibly. Cheers. Cheers.